So I'm getting ready for our annual spicy food taste test over here when I run across this video of two guys eating a hot pepper and having this reaction. Oh, oh bad. And then I start seeing comments like this. Guy who eats extremely hot things for a living. Dying. Ed ascends to Nirvana. Doug dying and Ed just dancing in the background killed me. Man, that guy was dying. Which prompts me to ask, wait, are, are they really dying? Like, there's gotta come a limit to spiciness, right? I've gone on record to say that these channels are killing me, but are they like, killing me? Killing me? <laughs> Hello, Internet! Welcome to Food Theory, the only show that's spicinst to kill. Oh boy. We've done a few spicy food episodes at this point. It looks like my puns aren't as hot as they used to be. And yeah, if you've watched us since the beginning of this channel, you'll know that Food Theory is no stranger to the spicy food challenge, which I've been doing for years now in a vain attempt to get an invitation onto Hot Ones, the Internet's interview show where the wings are definitely spicier than the questions at this point. I've read that you like to visit golf courses. Do you have any right. general swing? <laughs> tips for just hopeless duffers like myself. So far, my efforts have been ignored. But if I ever do make it onto the show, my mouth is just gonna be so numb from years of hot sauce training that I won't even be able to answer the questions. Anyway, I'm not letting small details like permanent nerve damage stop me. In fact, I like to think that Sean Evans is just kind of playing hard to get. Then I remember that to do that, he has to know who I am to begin with. Anyway, here's hoping that a few more Spice episodes will get hashtag one on his radar. That said, today is all serious, no games. No more cutesy little eating chicken wings and then crying on camera for an hour. Oh God, it's just charcoal. Oh. Like ashes in Milk my mouth. Great. Why won't it stop? Or at least that one's coming, but it's not today's episode. Who knows, we can make this a yearly thing. Nope. We can make this a yearly thing. Today is about a simple thing known as life and death. You see, spicy food is more than an interesting part of food culture. And it's way more than some restaurant challenges where you eat some hot wings and get yourself a free t-shirt. Nope, the world of spicy food is big business these days. And it's getting spicier by the minute. Dangerously spicy. If you consider yourself to be a chili head, the real name for a spicy food enthusiast, then you've probably heard of the Carolina Reaper, which has been known as the world's hottest pepper since its debut in 2012 and has been tested by tons of YouTubers over the past several years. Everyone from Guinness World Records to Epicurious, Try Guys, Rhett and Link, all the major reaction channels, everyone has nibbled, dabbed, and chomped their way through this thing so you don't have to. Unfortunately for all those guys, the Carolina Reaper has already been dethroned after less than 10 years in its number one spot. While the new upstarts aren't official in terms of the Guinness Book of World Records, that's only because they're not commercially available yet. But even without being on your grocery store shelves, they've been tested privately and they've been shown to contain spice levels that put the Carolina Reaper to shame. Yeah, it's time to kick all those old videos off your spicy pepper playlist, friends, because the Apollo Pepper and Pepper X are now the new players in town. Well, the Carolina Reaper measures in at an eye-watering 1.5 million Scoville heat units, the measurement of how spicy a chili pepper is, the Apollo Pepper is reportedly averaging 2 to 3 million SHUs. Pepper X, that puppy is practically curdling your blood at 3.18 million Scoville. For reference, the already spicy jalapeno measures in at a measly 2,000 to 8,000 Scoville, barely registering next to these spicy beasts. If you haven't heard of either the Apollo or Pepper X, I wouldn't sweat it, unless you're supposed to be eating one. These peppers are special cultivars, or hybrid peppers that are made by combining the hottest peppers in the world with, you guessed it, other hottest peppers in the world. Designer peppers. So hot right now. Currently, you can try the Apollo pepper exclusively in the last dab Apollo sauce. And boy, do people people have some serious reactions to that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the hiccups are gnarly. Oh my God, this is hot. <laughs> 
But wait, there's more. As if the Apollo and Pepper X weren't somehow already complete overkill, I recently came across food YouTuber Josh Weissman's TikTok titled Spiciest Hot Sauce of All Time, where he's taken it to a completely different level. He creates something he calls Mad Dog 357 Plutonium Number 9. By the math, this thing is hot, clocking in at the absolutely mind-melting 9 million Scoville units. For comparison, Hot Ones produces its own hot sauce that it saves for the end of every episode at 2.5 million Scoville, around the same spice level as the Apollo Pepper. Let me tell you, that one is more than enough for me. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> it won't stop, Steph! It won't stop! Drinking just a couple dabs took me almost 15 minutes to recover. And the last dab is supposedly less than a third of the 9 million SHUs promised by the Mad Dog 357 Plutonium number 9. So why am I telling you about all these millions of SHU pepper sauces instead of just sitting down in my basement eating them and weeping for your enjoyment? Well, you see, before I do any of that, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. This game of one-upsmanship with hot peppers just keeps escalating, and it's moving fast faster than Guinness or any other reasonably regulated group of people can keep up with. Which leads me to wonder, is all of this dangerous? Is there a point where we should definitely not be making hot peppers any hotter? And taken to its most extreme, is there a world where spicy food can kill you? At face value, this seems kind of like a ridiculous question to ask. Then again, last week I showed you that the literal lemonade from Panera could kill you if it drank too much of it. If you haven't seen that episode, you need to see that episode. So forgive me when someone comes at me and says that they've cultivated some mutant pepper in their basement, and oh by the way, it's not publicly marketed or labeled, and also I'm not even gonna show you what it looks like, yeah, I feel like I'm entitled to ask a few questions. To figure out whether spicy peppers can kill us, we first have to get a better understanding of what's in them. As loyal food theory viewers know, the spicy part of spicy peppers all comes from the inside, where the potent capsaicin molecule is housed inside these little seedy pods. We know that chemically, capsaicin is responsible for all the spiciness, and we've covered on previous episodes that the spicy feeling happens when capsaicin and activates the pain receptors on your tongue, making your brain think that your mouth is literally on fire. It's all pretty straightforward, and we've seen Steph and I suffer through proving that hypothesis many times over at this point. But even knowing all of that, we can actually go a layer deeper. What exactly is capsaicin? Well, as a molecule, it falls into a category that might surprise you. It's a neurotoxin. That's right, the stuff that we're packing our faces with irreversibly damages cells in our brain. It is toxic to your nerves, hence the name neurotoxin. Now, obviously, there are some missing links here, right? For one thing, people all over the world are eating spicy food from an early age and throughout their lives. Presumably, they're not losing a ton of brain cells along the way. How are we eating something that's specifically labeled as a neurotoxin, but also something labeled by the FDA as gross or generally regarded as safe? Well, to understand the real story behind capsaicin, we have to look at something called its pharmacology. Not its pharmacy, important difference, it doesn't have anything to do with someone dishing up pills behind a drugstore counter. A substance's pharmacology just means all the different ways it interacts with your body, as well as how it's broken down in your system. There are lots of ways for something to get into your body, and it turns out that capsaicin is applied to the human body in almost every way possible, and it's gonna do something different depending on the way that it enters. Starting on the outside, capsaicin's in all kinds of stuff that you've probably been putting on your body for years. Lots of muscle rubs, like the 2000's It Lotion Tiger Balm, favorites of gym goers Icy Hot, and the favorite of retirees Ben Gay. Capsaicin is in all of these creams. It's the stuff that makes the skin feel warm to relax away muscle pain. Because it's neurotoxin, it's also used to dull nerve pain caused by a whole range of diseases and injuries. It works by blocking signals from your peripheral neurons, keeping you from feeling the pain in the first place. It would be extremely difficult to overdose topical capsaicin. It's used by millions of people every day. 
most creams allow you to use them multiple times a day without any issue. And while capsaicin is busy dulling the pain on the outside of your body, it's definitely not doing the same thing in your mouth. When it comes to how capsaicin works orally, going through your mouth instead of your skin, the burden you feel comes from the activation of trip V1 receptors on your tongue, like we've talked about before. This activates a pain pathway in your body. After the pain goes away, there's actually a second downstream effect, where the relief you feel from the burden going away releases endorphins in your brain, making you feel alert and happier, kind of like the refreshed feeling that you get after exercise. Your body thinks that you were just feeling the burn in your muscles, but you were actually just feeling the burn in your face. So, is there a point where you can eat so much that it kills you? There have been a ton of studies done on ingesting capsaicin, even large amounts of the stuff, and in almost every case, your body actually metabolizes the molecule too fast for it to cause real damage, at least at anything like a regular dose. The half-life of capsaicin in mammals is very short, and your liver does a pretty fantastic job of breaking it down into completely neutral byproducts, at least in most people, or let me clarify, in most adults. There are a number of documented cases of people developing major side effects from hot pepper ingestion once you get to the level of the very hot peppers, where your body suddenly doesn't have enough time to metabolize it all because there's just too much of the stuff there. Side effects can range from dehydration, to seizures, to one man who was hospitalized for days after something called a thunderclap headache, where capsaicin caused the blood vessels in his body to constrict, cutting off most of the blood flow to his brain. In one extremely tragic case, a two-year-old girl died of a seizure after being fed too much capsaicin for her body to metabolize. So shockingly, at the end of the day, the answer to what started out as kind of a ridiculous question is kind of yes. These reactions we see where people are retching, coughing, turning red, or gasping for air after eating a bunch of Carolina Reapers, we see them as funny because yeah, of course they are. And these people are eating these peppers voluntarily. But these extreme reactions are happening because you're putting something in your body that your body needs to get rid of as fast as it can. Because it's literally a toxin. In extreme cases, you can manage to injure yourself. And if you're a very young person, or you have underlying conditions, there's a real chance that you can end up in a hospital or even die. And notice that I say, in extreme cases, which is like, yeah, if I eat like a hundred peppers, I'm gonna make myself sick. MatPat's really breaking new ground on that one. But the question is, if we're constantly creating more and more potent peppers, there's a chance that we start to approach those extreme cases more and more often. What if it doesn't take a hundred peppers, it just takes one pepper that's a hundred times stronger? We're going from the thousands of Scovilles with normal peppers into the millions with some of these hybrid breeds, which is a 10,000x increase in spice concentration. At what point are people essentially poisoning themselves in the name of spicy food clout or an extra million views? They think that they're ingesting a substance that's safe, but they're not really thinking about whether there's an upper limit because heck, why would there be? The FDA has found that capsaicin is safe. There's never been a concern about this before, but eventually spicier is gonna start to look scarier. But what if I told you it gets worse for our capsaicin case? In fact, what if I told you that eating hot peppers isn't the most dangerous way to come into contact with capsaicin? There's a way to become exposed that's a lot more common than something like the Apollo pepper. Like I said before, pharmacology is about all the ways a substance can interact with your body. And one entry point that we haven't talked about yet for capsaicin is in the air. Why in the heck would you ever be breathing capsaicin? Like, how often are you seeing chili peppers aerosolized around you? The answer is all the time. You ever hear of pepper spray? Of course you have. You might even carry some on you when you walk your dog at night. But you ever think about what exactly it is that you're carrying? It's called pepper spray for a reason, which is that it's full of the active ingredient in peppers, capsaicin. But we all consider pepper spray to be reasonably safe, right? Just a quick spritz and run, designed to delay an attacker by irritating their eyes, making them water just long enough for you to get away. It's the same reason why they say to never touch your eyes while you're eating spicy peppers. You're essentially pepper spraying yourself. But while it's certainly designed to be a quick spritz and run, there are cases where subjects may be inhaling too much of the stuff. They're getting a full 
hit a capsaicin not just to their eyes, but also to their lungs. Unfortunately, capsaicin does the exact same thing to the inside of the lungs as it does to the eyes, where it causes immediate irritation, difficulty breathing, and can lead to patients going into cardiac arrest or having long-term symptoms like asthma. The danger of pepper spray has actually been a low-burning debate for decades now, with OSHA stating as far back as 1996 that police shouldn't have to undergo a pepper spray treatment because of the inherent health risks involved. In 2004, the Department of Justice released reports that 63 deaths in custody resulted after the use of pepper spray. Another study from Duke and UNC Medical Centers questioned the use of pepper spray by the police because there have been so many injuries and health-related side effects, including a death in North Carolina of a person in police custody. All of these studies were released well before the sit-ins of the last several years, where there have been news stories all over the place about peaceful protesters being pepper sprayed. Not just getting glancing contact with the stuff either, getting doused and sitting in clouds of it without anyone, themselves or the officers that are spraying them recognizing that this could present huge health problems. There are even stories about children as young as nine being sprayed. And as we talked about from eating the peppers earlier, children can't metabolize or process capsaicin as well as adults can. Of course, pepper spray is never designed to kill or seriously injure anyone, but like extremely hot peppers that we're creating and then eating for the lulls, we just aren't aware that we should be worried about pepper spray that's aerosolized and then being breathed into our lungs. At the end of the day, the lesson is the same whether you're talking about eating super hot peppers or avoiding high doses of pepper spray. It's all about how you're coming into contact with capsaicin and how much you're getting. Historically, the way we've intended to use it is fine. Adding heat to food, a little spicy food challenge every once in a while, mild pain relief on your skin, in a pinch, a quick self-defense tool. It's when we take it to the extreme, creating unbelievably concentrated versions of these capsaicin products or using them in extreme doses that they start to lean into the more dangerous side. At the end of the day, can spicy food capsaicin kill you? Actually, yes, it's entirely possible, which I gotta admit was not the outcome I expected to get at the end of this episode. But should it kill you? Absolutely not. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to try and enjoy a huge range of spicy food, as long as that range stays in the edible instead of the insane. But just in case, start slow. If you're gonna be doing a hot pepper challenge or trying to take on the Apollo or Pepper Axe, just start with a dab. You know, just to make sure that that dab isn't your last. But hey, you know how they say not to drink water to cool off your mouth when you're eating spicy food? Well, that is 100% true. But prepare to throw that advice out the window because when you're drinking water from your air up bottle, our sponsor for today's episode, that is all you're ever gonna wanna drink. Now I've told you about air up before. It's the product that I loved so much that I reached out to them so we could partner on a bunch of videos. But what was it that got me so hype about a water bottle, you ask? Well, you see, air up is great because it's scent flavored water. The air up bottle uses science to give you what seems to be flavored water when in actuality it's just tricking your brain into thinking it's flavored. It's taking advantage of what's called retronasal olfaction. Basically the fact that our sense of taste is so closely tied to our sense of smell. What's so great about that? Well, it means that you're getting all the benefits of flavored water without any of the downsides. No added sugars, no artificial flavors or coloring, no extra calories. You are literally just drinking plain water. And the bottle is tricking your brain into thinking that it's getting all the delicious flavor that usually comes with those additives and sugars. Just pop on a flavor pod and suddenly you're drinking lime flavored water. Want to try something different like watermelon? Just swap the pod. Oh, wow. This is my first time trying watermelon. Wow. Tired of flavor altogether? Just push the pot down so the scent and flavor go away. The illusion disappears and suddenly you're just drinking water again. And thanks to AirUp, my water intake has skyrocketed. I use my AirUp everywhere. I can get hydrated anywhere I want to, like say, the beach, or a mountain, or this random field, or 
so thirsty though. And because it's so easy to switch flavors, I don't get tired of it. In fact, with it being February, the month of love, it's time to date around. Their favorite five pack gives you a sample of five of their most popular flavors. Watermelon, peach, raspberry, lemon, orange, vanilla, swirl, and wildberry. And with each pod lasting for around seven refills, you get plenty of time to see if each flavor is the right one for you. It also makes them a cheap date. You get to test all five different flavors for just $14.99. Five flavors with at least seven refills each, that's about 40 cents per bottle. But it gets even better than that. If you get yourself a starter set, you can get that Fave 5 pack for free. All you need is the code FREEFAVE5. F-R-E-E-F-A-V-5. Seriously, it's a product that helps you drink smarter through science. So again, that's FREEFAVE5 for a free favorite 5 variety pack with each starter set. Link is right below the video. And as always, remember, it's all just a theory. A food theory. Bon appetit.